Paralevatos! Welcome back. This is Lukardowski of We Are Change.org. Joined, of course, with Tim Pichette, the Liberty Advisor in, yeah, you know, tomato, tomato, uh, you know, same thing. Welcome to Change the News live show. This is, I guess, the inaugural show for this channel. We're playing around with live streams. We're playing around with potentially doing a live show every single day. So we're testing a bunch of stuff out. We were just live on the main channel on WeAreChange.org yesterday. Now we're live on this channel to break down all the latest, most important news happening right now. And oh boy, hooey, if that's even a saying, there's a lot of news to get into. Tim, how are you doing? What What's some of the stuff you look forward to us getting into soon? Because we got a lot of stuff to talk about socially, politically, some stuff economically. What's some of the highlights that you're kind of uh, going to tease us that we're going to talk about right now? Well, we do have people who've got a lot of money right now that are stuck in their 401ks and got uh, some articles and what they can do for that. But I also highly recommend people check out that Bill Gates video that we did yesterday. Uh, I think that that was a really well-researched one. Uh, I put it out, so I know it was good. So then we also, you know, that entire live stream, I thought we did a great job on that one. So I'd really recommend people check that out. And I think we are now actually live on iTunes as well. Not live, but we have a podcast as well. So if you guys rather listen to us rather than watch us, or uh, you don't have the time to watch us, I know I personally listen to a lot more stuff than, than what I can Zoom, uh, visually. And so we do have that change the news uh, podcast available. Uh, and it, it should be coming to all platforms. I, I think it's not on Google Play right now, but I was told it's up on iTunes. So definitely make sure to uh, to check that out. But yeah, I know we've got lots of articles about the, you know, the, the tip of what's going on between Cuomo. But yeah, I've got a lot of financial stuff uh, coming up later on. But yeah, first we'll go to all of your, uh, your financial articles, Luke. Yep, yep. I'm looking at uh, setting this out to everyone on my Twitter right now. We have Freedom Dude joining in saying, hi, Mr. Boston says, hi, how are you? How are you guys doing? Very open-ended, basic questions. Hold on one second. Uh, if you can, tease a little bit else what else we're going to be talking about. I just need one more second, just trying to get the title in here uh, of what we're going to be talking about. Because right now, I think my title was changed to what uh, the, the story was supposed to be called. So I'm just going to give it to you for just a little bit. Just give me two minutes if you can. Yeah, well, dude, you're definitely, definitely killing me over here because what I did is I took my articles. It was like clogging up the bandwidth. So actually, I took all my articles and I put it into a separate saved folder right now. So actually, I don't have my articles up right this second, but... Uh, I mean, let's just, you know, te- let's well, just- let's not, we're not going to jump. We're not going to jump uh, into your stories. We're going to be jumping into, of course, the social political stuff, uh, even some news from your old mater, uh, Canada or, or Syracuse. It's, you know, same thing. But, but we're, yeah, we're seeing, right. uh, yeah, no, we're seeing hospital, uh, a lot of uh, furloughs and layoffs happening at St. Joseph's Hospital, actually in Syracuse, New York. So that's where I'm from, Syracuse. So shout out to the 315 for uh, maybe the five. Actually, I, I have had people call me up uh, who actually scheduled appointments. It's actually someone today who is from Syracuse. So, you know, we've got some people from upstate New York who are listeners and give them a shout out. Uh, but yeah, what's going on is because of all of these, uh, you know, there was all these restrictions that Cuomo put on place in New York hospitals. He said you're not allowed to do any elective surgeries. You're not, a lot of the hospitals, they make a lot of their money off of these elective surgeries. And so now, since you're seeing, you know, not an overwhelming response and huge demand of, of, people at the hospitals that these hospitals now can't afford to keep going and, have, and i think in this hospital i think yesterday i read they let they laid off 500 people yeah here it is st joseph's health in syracuse is furloughing 500 employees and uh 
you know, it says right now they've been losing over $180,000 to uh, a day, and they're on track to lose $20 million by the end of June. Now, this is also the same area, too, if you guys remember that Cuomo, uh, you know, Emperor Cuomo just about a month ago or maybe a couple weeks ago, time is flying over here these days. But what is going on is they said, okay, well, upstate New York, you guys have all of these ventilators that you're not using, so we're going to, by force, order you to move them to New York City. And, but don't worry, you know, we're going to give them back to you uh, when we're done. But, you know, if there was a huge surge in upstate New York, you know, what was going to go on? I mean, what, what were they supposed to do? I mean, obviously, they're not going to then take ventilators from people in New York City and then ship them back up to the people in upstate New York. Uh, and so it's just, you know, time and time again, you know, those of us in Canada and close to upstate New York, I know Luke's going to be, uh, you know, maybe taking some deference to this because he is from downstate, but it's always those damn downstaters that are screwing us in upstate New York, even though I am now uh, in better places in Arizona right now. But yeah, this is just a law of unintended consequences that, you know, they them those and economic central planners try to with all their good intentions, try to, you know, quote unquote, fix things. And by their fixing things, they just cost 500 people their jobs in St. Joseph's Hospital in, uh, in upstate New York. So, and, and I and actually, I just mailed a whole, but Luke will be happy about this. So I just mailed my grandparents a whole bunch of N95 masks that I bought about, uh, five years ago, maybe six years ago. And so they can't even go outside right now unless you have a mask on in upstate New York uh, or all of New York state, rather. But, uh, has that been enough, enough, uh, trying to, uh, yeah. BS yeah, over no, here? Great. That's going, great. So. And, uh, you know, the, you know, the masks are, are smart. Having the government enforce and then punish people, it's not smart. That's so that's so that's what we didn't want here. We didn't want government coming in. We were trying, uh, especially me, to avoid all of that. But anyway, uh, moving on to the first story that, of course, is dominating the headlines right now that everyone is talking about. They, of course, are talking about the war of words that's continuing between New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and, of course, U.S. President Donald Trump, with Andrew Cuomo recently saying sarcastically, thank you, Mr. President, for doing your job. This, of course, is after Donald Trump demanded gratitude for helping New York. And, of course, these two are going at it and may even, according to some, see more political fighting between the two. And, and you know, our commentary on this has been pretty clear. Uh, we shouldn't be abusing states' powers. We shouldn't be abusing federal powers. And these two people should stop fighting for their ego and actually take care of the drastic situation that all of us are in. And obviously, when Donald Trump overstepped his boundaries, we called him out when he said that he gets to decide what the states do. But now it looks like he's going back on those very strong words that we criticized before as he's announcing that states will be able to reopen on their own particular guidelines on their own particular decisions that they themselves want to make. Again, allowing the states to do what they want. We've seen some states carry out, uh, you know, the lockdowns in similar fashion. Some states abiding by the recommendations, some states not abiding by any regulations at all. We've seen very heavy handed approaches in Michigan, while other states like Montana and South Dakota didn't even lock down, didn't even shut down their economy, didn't even shut down restaurants, remained open. And that was a, a response that was spurred by, of course, states' rights, which now Donald Trump is going back to and now even tweeting, liberate Michigan, Virginia, and 
Minnesota, with, of course, many people calling for the economies to reopen in those states. We are seeing a major decision that's going to be made very soon, as even heavy-handed Michigan Governor Whitmer is saying that she hopes to relax the lockdowns by May 1st, a date, of course, very quickly approaching. Some people saying too early, some people saying not too early enough. The debate has sparked. I made a full video about this on the main channel yesterday, talking about the bigger pluses and negatives with opening and not opening. But when we look at Michigan specifically, there's protests raging there now. And they're raging there now because of just total abuse of power. I don't know if you were able to see some of the actions implemented in Michigan, Tim, but they're pretty atrocious because they allowed things like liquor stores, medical marijuana, and a lot stores to be open deeming them, quote, essential to the state. Meanwhile, those are three big tax generating, um, it, you know, things for the state of Michigan. Meanwhile, uh, selling carpets, uh, paint, uh, potted plants, being uh, seeds in some to, places, I mean, going to church, fishing and even driving home were made illegal by the governor of Michigan, which just showed an absolute ridiculous response. But even the Michigan governor that, that's been absolutely insane is talking about easing some of those insane measures that, of course, she put in there. The Maryland governor, by the way, is saying that this is the worst possible time to lift these restrictions. So again, we're seeing different responses made by different states. And I'll tell you, Tim, I'd rather have this than a federal mandated centralized response, because I think it's a lot smarter to let smaller jurisdictions decide for themselves what is best for them. The more decentralization of power we have, the better of situation that we have in front of all of us, the better chances we have of actually doing the right thing. Now, what is the right thing to do here? That's left for a lot of people to decide. Obviously, people in New York City have a lot different situation than the people in South Dakota. But uh, as we're seeing from other news articles about the safest place, it was a place that isolated. We're also seeing life coming back to normal in its own unique ways, depending on the particular location that has to deal with this situation, with Vegas even deciding that some of their dealers and their casinos might have to wear masks. Uh, some airlines are even talking about conducting blood tests on passengers. And again, the responses here should be met with, of course, criticism should be met with, of course, conversations with dialogue. And this is what we're here to spur on. Some implications, I would say, are, are pragmatic. Some implications, I would say, are, are smart. Other implications are just made a lot worse by government. The situation overall, I would say, has been made way worse than it should have been because of the federal government. Some people would argue that differently. But when we have organizations like the Gates Foundation calling for global cooperation on vaccines for 7 billion people, that's really when you should raise some eyebrows. That's really when you should raise some concern. That's really when you should start asking some legitimate questions to what they're trying to pull off here. As, of course, the official story about what happened uh, was a situation in China that didn't need vaccines to deal with this sickness, but some
somehow still overcame it in their own. Yeah, and they're saying that this is, you know, mutating so quickly that the vaccines aren't really even going to do anything for what, you know, for what's going on anyway. So, I mean, as well as well as the fact that, uh, you know, according to some preliminary studies, many people recatch this sickness after having it the first time. And there's some estimates between 14 to 17 percent of individuals that actually get this. And when you look at that data, especially with the possibility of injecting a small piece of this sickness into someone so their immune system fights it off you know that lays out a lot of problems for this kind of vaccine idea which i believe should be met with a lot of scrutiny unlike what the canadian government is announcing that life will never go back to normal until we have this vaccine that the lockdowns won't end until we have these vaccines these are of course all statements ushered by the prime minister of canada justin trudeau so a lot of emphasis on unproven medical uh alleged solutions alleged vaccines to this but there should be a lot more skepticism met with this uh, as much skepticism as the, there should be to the malaria drug if there was the same amount of skepticism for this malaria drug as there is for this vaccine i would understand that there's actually some rational thinking that there's no agenda behind this that there's nothing bigger behind the scenes but when we have something that's very cheap this malaria kind of medication that has been used that some people have been finding works very positively towards a lot of the ill, a lot of the sick people that, again, doesn't really benefit or profit a lot of people since, again, this is very cheap, low cost kind of medication. But you have a lot of criticism on that. But then we have a vaccine unproven, a lot of things that put this whole vaccine theory into question surrounding this thing. When that's just promoted and shoved down your throat, that's really when you should kind of look at it a little sideways, a little stank eyed and be like, ah, no, 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 no. Let's 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 take a let's take a step back and, and let's reassess this before we jump into the whole global seven billion dollar vaccine uh seven billion people vaccine program that's my take on it what about yours tim yeah i mean they're probably gonna make a lot more than seven billion dollars off whatever vaccine no no yeah yeah i meant to say people i meant to say people so just a correction go ahead yeah yeah, i know yeah just uh busting your balls in that one but yeah we got the gates <laughs> foundation seven billion people and this some these are, so what we're gonna do now is i'm gonna go into this kind of like more random grab bag articles and then we're gonna get into the financial articles and start another video but you know just some more of the ran, random grab bag stuff we have going on here COVID 19 is a man-made virus hiv discoverer says could only have been created in a lab so you know i think that this is you know a pretty uh you know crazy headline that apparently the guy who discovered uh you know, HIV is saying that there's no way that this couldn't have been, that, that, that this is basically naturally and organic and didn't come from bats and that this was, uh, you know, created in a lab. So I don't know if you've got any comments. Yeah, on well, that. he's looking, he's looking at the genetics of it. He's looking at the strains of it. And for him to say that, I mean, there's been, there's been mutters and rumors about that weeks ago. I actually reported on it about, I think close to two months ago, the possibility of this being, um, something that has been weaponized in a lab, mainly because of that HIV component. And many people compare this sick to um, HIV since, of course, it creates an overactive immune system that really damages the body. So, you know, we're getting a lot of information. I, I still have to preface all of this saying that we, we're still getting a lot of initial data 
A lot of it hasn't been verified and there's still so much we don't know, but this is the information that I, I, I've been looking at from biologists, epidemiologists, doctors and nurses that have been uh, collaborated with, of course, international reporting on this as well. So I see a lot of people saying, shell, this is all fake. This is all, I mean, it's going to be very hard to get all the doctors and nurses all around the world on one stuff. I have another comment here. If you don't mind me reading, Tim, no, from uh, a user called Freedom, and he says, wearing a mask to stop this sickness is like wearing underwear to to stop a fart. <laughs> Very interesting analysis there. I, I, I enjoyed your comparison. And in some ways, Freedom, uh, you're, you're right. In some ways, you're wrong. When we look at studies that have been conducted about particles passing through different substances, cotton, uh, cloth, normal cloth that your t-shirt is usually made out of usually allows 20% of the particles uh, to go through, blocks about 20% of them. When we look at masks, particularly the N95 mask, or even other materials like uh, construction towels, blue construction towels that also have been studied, you see about 95% of the particles actually being stopped there. So yes, it doesn't fully stop the stench of the, the proverbial fart, but there's certain uh, substances, there's certain clots that work a lot better than others. There's certain masks that work better than others. So obviously, if you put in cloth, as as the CDC has been telling you to do, uh, which we criticized. Again, you got to watch our video that we that I made about this, particularly talking about the studies that have been done with the particular clots. But yes, uh, the CDC telling you to put a shirt over your head, 20 20 percent effective there's other uh, materials construction towels and masks that do work 95 percent more most of the time but nothing's universal uh there's there's always a chance of containment there's always a chance of, of something not working 100 percent. nothing works 100 percent uh you're, you're you know you if you ever think you have the full uh, control of security. Uh, you have no idea what you're thinking about. Uh, so th that's my kind of two cents on uh, your comment there, which was well, very eloquent. It's, it's actually, it was, a, it was actually a joke that the comment that he done went in and said it was a joke. So, you know, we, we, but one thing uh, that's not a joke, going back to the HIV article real quickly, uh, it says that uh, the guy's name says, in order to insert an HIV sequence into this genome, molecular tools are needed, and that can be done in the laboratory. However, I mean, we cannot trust this because Facebook fact checker who worked at Wuhan Biolab ruled out virus leak while debunking articles. So we've got literally, though, like one of someone who worked at, worked here now saying that, oh, by the way, you know, anyone that tries, you know, claiming that this was HIV uh, injected and that, uh, you know, that this somehow didn't come from bats, you guys are crazy. And, uh, but, you know, so here we are, bat, you know what, crazy. And, uh, but yeah, some of the random articles, you know, Zoom is making some updates now, but they're not going to show client meeting IDs and that way people can't, uh, you know, get into, and I think I saw like Boris Johnson was taking a screenshot and send and tweeting it out, but yet he had on like his, uh, on the Zoom meeting ID. So people were able to, you know, potentially go in there and like, I think they're calling it Zoom bombing. And now the FBI is saying that that like, Zoom bombing is now, now a crime. Now, I'm not sure if you saw this article or not, Luke, but uh, it's why Michael Savage is blasting Sean Hannity in the right wing media and the coronavirus. And uh, basically the long story short of this is that Sean Hannity and I guess the other right wing people probably think more like me and Michael Savage thinks more like you. And so then he, so then he is then criticizing the other people, but you know, that's, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you, if you happen to catch that article, but that was one thing I saw. Another thing I saw was smartphone coronavirus tests, test 
apps that would listen while you cough. I mean, so just look at the big brother nanny state that we've got going on now. Just, uh, you know, sort of ridiculous where we're in. And uh, you know what now we're going to do is I'm going to stop uh, stop that video right now. 